in your own way, what it is that you do is different. Even though the medium is the same, what you do is different than what other people are doing because it's coming from within you. And so whenever you get caught up in this idea of comparison, start to just flip it in your mind and think it doesn't matter what you know what I'm seeing other people create. It doesn't it's great and I'm happy for them. You are listening to the Filming Life podcast. I'm your host, Courtney Holmes, founder and lead educator at the Filming Life Academy, the largest online community of family filmmakers in the world, where I teach photographers how to switch over to video and create meaningful story-driven films with confidence. Together, we give you an inside look at what's happening inside the Filming Life Academy, along with tips and tricks that you can use right away to elevate your work as a filmmaker. If you're not already a member, but you want to be, you can sign up to the Academy over at filminglifeacademy.com. Thank you so much for joining us. I hope you enjoy this episode. Hey everyone, it's Courtney here, and I've got Kylie Patel with me today. Um, we, you would have heard us in the last podcast episode, and this topic is something that I really felt like I wanted to have a conversation again with Kylie on because it's something we talk about a lot. And so uh, the topic is actually perfectionism and comparison Mm. and talking about, um, you know, how to stop comparing yourself to what you're seeing other people make. Um, We all, I think, do this at some point in our career. And we, I don't know if that ever really stops, to be honest. I think there's always an element of it. Even when you try your hardest not to, you still, there's always going to be that little bit there that is doing it. (laughs) Yeah. Totally. Um, the trick is to not let that mm, bog you down. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And um, for perfectionism, it's kind of just like, where do you stop? Right? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> where do you stop perfecting mm-hmm. and and expecting perfection in your work? Um, and I mean, I talk about this a lot with new filmmakers, you know, strive for progress over perfection. And it's not about making a perfect film. It's more about capturing the memories and, you know, having that um, footage, because if you don't shoot it, you don't have it. And if you wait for the perfect circumstances or you wait until you feel like you've got everything mm-hmm perfect before you create a film that matters to you, then you may never make that film that matters to you. Mm. So, Because it's, it's never going to happen. Like, never going to happen. Just... And then when you get to the point where you've been shooting for a while and you've been making films for a while, it's kind of like, mm, at what point do you stop trying to really perfect every single detail of your film? And at what point do you kind of let go? Yeah, because you do. You, you get to a point where you – you know, in your mind you're thinking, oh, this isn't great or it's not perfect and I, I you know, the fact of the matter is there's always going to be things you can do better. Like right. there's always, like you're right. always going to be learning. And if there isn't, then you might as well, like then you're done. Like yeah. <laughs> if you've created the most perfect film you're ever going to create, then you might as well stop now. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And that's not going to happen. That's the enjoyable thing about it. Yes. But it's really easy to, you know, in your own mind be like, oh, you know, I could have done this better, I could have done that better and not be able to give yourself that grace to go, well, actually, I've done the best job that I can do 
And, you know, I've, and, and more importantly, has it served its purpose? Mm-hmm. And the purpose is to create something meaningful mm-hmm. for either yourself or the Someone. family that you've worked with. Yeah. And, yeah. you know, that point at which a film is meaningful to the family that you've worked at is way below <laughs> your own personal expectation. Oh, always. Of the film. Yeah. And I think that's something that it's easy to forget. Mm-hmm. Mm. So, um, and, and I think as well, like, there's different levels of this. And when you first are starting out, um, I think as a photographer, especially someone who's really an established photographer, someone who's been doing it for a long time, and they've really perfected their craft as a photographer, it's really hard to kind of start over at the beginning and start making, you know, shooting video and experimenting. I think for some people it can be a blessing and for others it can be a real uh, cause for frustration because mm-hmm. for some people it feels freeing to um, – not have any expectations and not feel like uh, it has to be perfect because it's a different medium. It's not photography anymore. It's video. But then on the other hand, some people get really frustrated with the fact that they don't get it right away or it's not perfect right away. And they compare how their footage looks to someone who's been doing it for five years, what their footage looks like. And, you know, they think that it's somehow less than, but it's it's really not because even the footage that I have from when I very, very first began, despite all of the flaws, like I, I love it. Yeah. I love it. And I can say with certainty that there's not a single film that I've made for anyone that I've walked away from and been like, nailed it. That was perfect. Really did a really great job with that. Like, (laughs) I can pick out every single flaw in everything that I do, but I have to just push beyond that and see it for what it is and know that at the end of the day, it's meaningful because it's footage of someone that is loved by someone else. Yeah. Mm. I yeah and I think that's the thing like I think it it's easy to fall into wanting to walk away and have that feeling of like oh, I've absolutely nailed it because you know particularly as a photographer when you've been doing photography for a while you know when you've kind of nailed a session and like yeah. you've got it right but with video it's it's harder because you don't get the instant feedback that you can get on your video with Mm-hmm. with your photos, like when you're shooting just a photo session, you can be checking the back of the camera and you can be seeing and you know like yes. when you've nailed a shot and yeah. it's, it's going to be amazing. Whereas mm-hmm. with your video, because it's 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 something that is over, you know, you're filming for a while and it's a whole lot of little clips and the end product isn't just those little clips, it's the whole way you put them together and everything, it can be really hard to you know, have that feeling like, yeah, I've nailed this when I walk away after a film shoot. And that can be discouraging Mm -hmm. if you're used to doing photo shoots where, you know, you get midway through the session, you go, yeah, I've nailed this. Yeah. Or at least at a minimum, I've got everything I need. Yeah. It's so hard to do that with video to kind of walk away and be like, all right, I've got everything I need Um, because you need so many different little clips to make up enough for one scene. Yeah, it's much it's much, much harder. So let me ask you um, when you first. Well, first of all, I want to just say, like, I feel like you 
do a very good job of not getting caught up in perfectionism. Like you have, from the outside at least, it seems like you are, you're very detail oriented and your work comes across as very polished, but it also comes across as very free. And so I would love to hear from you, like in moments, do you ever struggle with that perfectionism side of things? And if you do, what are the things that you do to kind of stop yourself like when you get to that point? Um, I think, yeah, like if you'd asked me maybe four years ago, like do you consider yourself a perfectionist? In many ways I would say yes, Mm -hmm. but I'm kind of – I am one of those people, and I think this is a personality thing, is that, you know, there are two, like I have two quite opposite sides of my personality. Like in some things I'm really kind of anal and perfectionist and then in other things I'm just like, I just don't care. Yeah. (laughs) Yep. You know, like that just. Yes. I, I couldn't be bothered. And I think, you know, particularly when it comes to making films, I've had to sort of work hard to bring a little bit of that into the films because I I have at times found myself sort of obsessing over mm. little details or, you know, and and there's a difference between obsessing over wanting to get your timing mm-hmm. to music absolutely right. Like that is something that I will sit yeah. and I will spend an hour and a half zoomed into my timeline yeah, with same. my eyes closed <laughs> You know, like, yeah, you know, and before I start any film, I will sit and I will like, I must look so weird because I sit with my hands over my ears and my earphones and I listen to a song like 10 times with my eyes closed, mm. envisioning how the film's going to look. Because by that point, once I've chosen my music, I've already watched all my footage. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> so for things like that, I think that, you know, being that kind of almost little bit obsessive and perfectionist is good because it gives you that polish yeah. later on. But I think where where you have to then be careful is that overall yeah putting it together like yeah and you need and I think the thing that I always come back to is reminding myself of the fact that I'm I'm a professional and I've been doing it for a long time so I am going to be noticing things that so many other people don't notice Mm -hmm. so when I find myself starting to like I've finished a film I've mostly got it together but then I'm you know just doing the final rewatching because I'll export a draft or whatever Mm -hmm. and starting to go oh but oh but yeah mm, mm," and doubting whether or not this is like yep as good as I can get it that's when I have to start saying to myself the family's gonna love it or the girls are gonna love it yeah and it's it's different if it's a client or a personal film. I'm I'm much less. Um, I don't find that I get that as obsessive with my personal films because I'm just like, oh, you know, like it's for me. Yeah. At the end of the day, I don't care. Yeah. And so then, when I work on a family film and I start to get that, I have to remind myself of that way that I think when I'm making a personal film. Yeah. Is that you know what? Yeah, I want to do it. I like, and I'm committed to doing a really good job, a really professional job. But also, I'm really committed to creating something that the family is going to love, mm-hmm. and they're not going to notice if 
you know, I've done this technical thing wrong here. Or I've done this technical thing wrong. They, they, they're not going to notice it. <laughs> yeah. Like, they're, yeah. They're yeah. Not, like, you know, it's even something like using your um the warp stabilizer. Yeah. Like, yeah. 99% of people aren't going to notice that someone's used a warp stabilizer. I see it on anything, even when it's super subtle now because I've yeah spent so many hours watching films and using it myself and all the rest of it yeah and so then sometimes I'll in the end I'll be like well you know what what's going to be more distracting where I've like really moved the camera or like a slight wobble of a wall they're not going to notice <laughs> so I'll just leave the slight wobble of the wall with the warp stabilizer there do you know what I mean it's yes those, yeah and they're the things that you can find yourself obsessing about and I think sometimes it's not even so much about making a perfect film as it is about our own confidence in what we're making, mm-hmm. it's those little. It's that little mm-hmm. self doubt, yeah, totally. manifesting in yeah perfectionism. Yeah, that's a very good point. Yeah, mm-hmm. I think that for me, like, I think that's what it is. It's it's that that mm. little voice in the back of my head that's telling me, oh. You know, you're not you're not good enough at yeah. this, or you're not good as someone else, and yep. you know. And it starts to burrow in, particularly if you're struggling with a little bit of a film. Like sometimes there's like a sequence that you're you're finding hard to just make flow right or whatever and you get that little voice that's that's Mm. telling you that this isn't good enough and they're not going to like it. And and that pushes you to then obsess more and and go for that perfectionism thing. And it's about, I think, trying to just tell that voice to shut the hell up and (laughs) – no I am good enough (laughs) yes letting go of that perfectionism and and I think this also ties in a lot with comparison and you know sometimes I think the um the result of comparing yourself to a lot of other people is uh that need or what what's the word for it um that quality of having being a perfectionist it's kind of by comparing yourself to other people then you're kind of more likely to be like I've got to get this perfect because it doesn't look as good as so and so's film so and so use the same song I need it to be as good as that or better or yeah. you know things like that um, one of the things that I really try to do, and this is something that I, I mean, it's probably many of you have heard it before, is something I teach my kids, but you should really only be comparing yourself to yourself mm-hmm. and not to other people. And that is so much easier said than done. But really, when I look at, you know, where I was five years ago versus where I'm at now, where I was two years ago versus where I'm at now. You know, there's been so much growth. And anytime that I have felt caught up in any kind of comparison, I just look at how far I've come. And, you know, I try not to focus too much on what other people are doing. Yeah. And also, I think when I start getting to that point, I really just try and shut down from things like social media where mm. I am seeing that regularly. Because, you know, when I first started making family films and I started to see other people making them too, it was kind of like part, I'm excited that more people are doing it, but then part fear of, yeah. Well, 
you know, what, what if, if these, better? what if they're better than me? And what if, you know, like I've wanted to have this be my point of difference in my community. And what if this person who starts to learn it, you know, gets to be as good as me or as, or better than me. And then like they take over the people who are booking me currently for films. Um, and that's a real fear-based mindset. Mm-hmm. And so you really have to turn that around and, and instead, think more of an abundance mindset and think in your in your own way what it is that you do is different even though the medium is the same what you do is different than what other people are doing because it's coming from within you and so whenever you get caught up in this idea of comparison start to just flip it in your mind and think it doesn't matter what you know, what I'm seeing other people create, it doesn't, it's great. And I'm happy for them. Like that's, Mm -hmm. that's, I think another thing that you kind of have to switch in your mind, like be happy for the people that you see that are doing well and that are making films really well. Even if you wish you had made one like that, you know, I mean, you can look at someone's and think, gosh, I wish I had done a film like that. I wish I had thought to you know, use the music in that way. Or I wish I had thought to do that type of camera movement. Or I wish I had thought to, you know, you can think of a million things that you could think about that person. But instead of, you know, thinking in that way, you think, I'm so happy for you that that came to your mind. That inspires me to think outside the box and do different things. And um, just kind of, I think, you know, switching up your your mindset and the way that you're thinking about things as you are ingesting all of this um, communication that is coming through your phone, you are thinking about how you can use that to inspire you instead of mm. feel defeated by it. Um, yep. and- uh, I think bringing it back to basics as well, mm-hmm. that's when you need to kind of go, okay, you need to remind yourself of what made you start doing it in the first place. Right, right. Like why mm-hmm. are you doing this? Mm-hmm. Is it because you want to be? an innovator or you want to be, you know, this or whatever, or is it because you watched a video or you made a video and it made you cry because of how it made you feel and it was that feeling that made you want to to start making in the first place? Try and, you know, take a step back from your social media and stop looking at other things, re-watch your old films Mm. and remind yourself of, of, of that feeling, that that feeling that you first had the first time you watched a film and it made you cry. Mm. Think about that, mm. yeah. and then and renew your filmmaking in that that very first purpose of why you did it. Absolutely, and I think that ties in with you know making sure that the work that you're doing is meaningful to you. Mm-hmm. Because as long as the work that you're doing is meaningful and matters to you, you kind of get to this point where nothing else matters. And it's much easier to let go of what other people might think of you and, you know, be happy within yourself that you're making you're making work that feels like you. You're making work that matters to you, that's meaningful to the families that you're creating the work for, that's meaningful to your family that you are creating the work for. And, you know, ultimately, when you bring it back down to that, it's so much easier to get past that, those feelings of self-doubt and those feelings of perfectionism and the feelings of comparison, because 
at the end of the day, as long as your clients are happy, as long as you're happy making work that you love, that is all that matters. That's and, the most important thing. Yes. You know, if you if you're if you're making particularly if you want to be doing this as a business, if you are making work that the clients absolutely love, like it doesn't matter what other photographers mm. and filmmakers think about your work. Yeah. It, if if you are doing this well, in, in fact, actually, whether you're just making them for yourself mm. or whether you're making them for clients, the only person that it matters for, that it, that matters what they think, is the person that you have made it for. Yeah. And, you know, you're not making this film for other photographers. You're not making this film for other filmmakers. Mm. You're making this for either yourself because you want to create something for your children, so you're making it for your children, mm. or you're making it for your clients. Mm-hmm. And the important thing is that whoever you are, you sit down to make this film for, is that they're happy with it, mm-hmm. that they love it. Yeah. And I mean, you know, I've been doing it for a while now. You've been doing it for a long while now, mm-hmm. and I would say there's not that many instances where someone sat down and watched their film and gone, "Oh, I don't like this." Yeah. <laughs> Hopefully not. I mean, if it has, they haven't told me. But well, exactly. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Absolutely. And I think as well, like, I want to make sure that we sort of differentiate between this and growth as an artist. So it's kind of like um, when I think about because in later on, we've got some we've got a topic coming up on um, um, being able to kind of evaluate your work as an artist mm-hmm. and, and growth and ha- finding a mentor and all of that. And this really kind of like touches on that slightly because what we're saying is, you know, be happy within yourself and be happy with the work that you've created, et cetera, et cetera. Um, I think there's a fine line with creating work that um, or being being happy with work because people are happy with it. Right. And so there's that. And that's great. And that's what we're going for. That's what we want. But if you're also still feeling like there's more that I wish that I could do, but I don't know how to get there yet. That's when you start looking for feedback. You start looking for someone who you trust to give you advice and support. And I say this with so much love, but sometimes putting your work out there into just like the abyss of the internet and just saying, hey, I made this thing, tell me what you think about it, is like opening up an opportunity for a lot of people to give you feedback that might not necessarily help you in any kind of way. So be selective about who you're getting your feedback from. Make sure that there's someone that you admire, you've seen work that they've done, you think it's great, you want advice from them. Um, And in those instances, definitely yes, strive for a level of excellence, strive to always be improving, always making better work. I mean, that is something that motivates me mm-hmm. to always be doing something different, making something unique, you know, putting a new spin on things. But it's not necessarily in a desire to be perfect at anything. It's more coming from a desire to be creative yeah. and to find creative new ways to create things. Um, that sounded really redundant, didn't it? <laughs> but you know what I mean. And um, so I want to kind of just kind of like differentiate that there while we're talking about 
you know, perfectionism, there's a healthy level, as Kylie was saying earlier, of perfectionism insofar as, you know, making sure that you've done a really good job Mm. in the level of detail and effort that you've put into a film. But there is a point where you can go too far and you can stop yourself from wanting to even share it because you're so doubtful that what you've done is good enough. And that's where we want you to just stop and realize that what you've done is more than good enough because it's got people in your footage that other people love. And those people need to have that footage. Yep, exactly. It's about finding a healthy balance, really. It's like with anything, you know, you've got to, you've got to weigh up, you know, any, any good thing taken too far becomes a bad thing. Right. So it's about keeping that, you know, you always want to be hungry to learn more and Mm -hmm. to be, to be push. You want to be pushing yourself and growing like, Mm -hmm. you know, and and learning new things. Exactly. And, and, you know, and particularly as we change as people, like Mm -hmm. you're always going to find new things and learn new things and grow. And, and then also acknowledging that sometimes you can, you can that can then flip into that coming from that place of fear and you mm-hmm. can use that to you know it becomes that little voice of self-doubt that kind of pops up and is like no this is no good and <laughs> uh, so it's about you know yeah. just finding that healthy level and it's hard and it can be mm-hmm. really hard and particularly if you know you've got a lot of other struggles and stresses that are happening in other areas of your life i feel like um particularly because as creative people our creating and what we make, it is so very often tied to our emotions. Like I know, Mm. I know both of us, we've both spoken about the fact that, you know, when it comes to creating a film, sometimes you can't just sit down any day of the week and do it. No. Like you actually have to be in the right headspace to really, and when you, like I've tried it, I've tried sitting down and just making a film and I'm not in the headspace and it can take me days and days and days. Whereas if I'm in the right headspace and I sit down, I can, I'm done in like two hours. Yeah. It just flows, you know? Yeah. And so it's, you know, you've got to acknowledge that as well and look at, think about how are you, how are you feeling about your work right now? And is this being influenced by other mm. stresses outside of your external work? You know, things. there's a lot of external things going on, you know, yeah. we're in the middle of a pandemic. Yeah. There's like all kinds, like this world is just, it's really crazy. And sometimes mm. it can be really hard to, disconnect from that sometimes the art and the making the films that can actually be a really great escape and then other times Mm -hmm. the the external stresses and and what you've got going on in your life can really have a have a have an impact and and make you lose some of your creative mojo it can make you start to doubt what you're doing and you know those allow those those voices in the back of your head to be amplified and Mm -hmm. so you know I think it, it's about having some grace for yourself as well yeah and and trying to find that and if you can have if you if you've got someone that's really supportive then you know you can say that you can just say to them I'm really struggling right now and they can help you and they can just tell you you know just to give you a bit of support and encouragement that's what I love about the network mm, yeah you know yeah we you know everybody's at a different place and has different struggles and sometimes it's nice to have a place where you can just go and hop on and say I feel like this is never going to work and, you know, and and to then hear that other people feel the same Uh way because it's something that we all go through. Yeah. But it feels like you're alone in it. 
Yeah, yeah. I love the network for the amount of, um, well, like the space for just kind of troubleshooting because so much of filmmaking is troubleshooting. Like mm. it's figuring yep. out how to um, how to tell a story, how to put things together when you've got multiple different types of media or um, multiple different storylines that you're trying to combine all into one. And, you know, the network is so good for, you know, coming together and, and really helping each other work through those things. One of the things that I really love about what you do is um, it seems like every few films you end up doing a personal film and mm. you always end up doing something that for that personal film, that's just like wildly creative and, you know, really different. And I think that's something that a lot of people can really learn from because it's really easy to get stuck into a rut of doing mm. things the same way. And even like having a bit of a formula to the way you put films together um, and tell stories. And it's, um, it's really fun. I think for like to see you go and then create like a drastically different film, which I then love seeing that incorporated into future films because it usually always is like whatever yeah. it is that you end up experimenting with for your personal work at that time you you, you then tend to incorporate it into your next film session mm. and it's really cool so I would love to hear a little bit more of that because there was one recently that you did that was particularly good so tell us about that <laughs> the color film the color film <laughs> which ties in by the way with our six film challenge which mm. um Kylie led for this uh this theme which was color. Yeah. I think for me it's really important to have a, a balance between what I'm doing for clients and what I'm doing for myself. Yeah. Um, my personal work has always been the place where I experiment and try new things mm. because there's there's no pressure yeah. there and yeah. I can just, if it doesn't work, it doesn't matter. Yeah. Like. Yeah. <laughs> exactly. It's, you know, there's I'm not having to worry about like because – you know, in my personal work, my clients and my kids and they're like, yeah. tough luck if they don't like it. So. Right, right. <laughs> um, and so, yeah, I, I like to just, you know, th like if there's something that I've seen or like, you know, I made a campfire film and and because I'd just gotten the Omni filters from Lens mm -hmm. Baby and I wanted to play with them. So I'm like, all right, whack them on and yeah. do it for all of this. And then with the colour film, I have on Musicbed like a list of um, – songs because I tend to just listen to music bed when I'm working instead yeah. of putting on Spotify I'll just put music <laughs> bed on yeah and listen through their playlists and yeah. I just like you know put music on and I don't know about you but I was one of those people where like growing up and even now if I'm driving in the car with music on I'm like <laughs> imagine myself in a movie to the mm -hmm. music <laughs> yeah and so I have songs like that that I hear in music bed and I put them on a playlist and um so for my last film I really wanted to, with the colour one, I wanted to just go nuts and just be a little bit like whatever and yeah. just, you know, I didn't want to worry about rules and whatnot and yeah. just try and film feeling, colour and. When you were going into it, were you thinking at all about the edit? Like did you plan on that type of edit while you were, before you were filming? I didn't know I was going to use the music. And I didn't know that I was going to have it be as um, almost frantic yeah. as it is. Mm -hmm. But I knew that I wanted it to have a bit of a like 
Like kind of more of an psychedelic feel. Dreamish. Yes. Kind of thing. Like I knew that like hence, you know, like like I was literally holding my camera upside down to film. Like some of right. the clips, like I haven't flipped them in post. I actually filmed them upside down. Because I down. could see, I could feel that in the footage, but I wondered how much of it was planned and thought through in the footage and the filming side of it. And then how much was in the editing. It just yeah. kind of sounds like it all came together. Like it started with a seed of yeah. this is going to be more abstract. Yeah. And then it grew from there. And that was the idea. Like that was it. I wanted to make something that wasn't just, you know, a kind of documentary sort of thing. Right. I wanted it to be more, I don't know, like an art house kind of thing, you know, like that is not perhaps something that like, and when I was filming it as well, I was thinking to myself, oh, this is going to be like weird. Like, I don't know. (laughs) (laughs) And I actually thought to myself, people are not going to like this. Like, This is going to be one of those ones that you make and you put it out there and feel like, and I'm like, but it doesn't matter because like, I'm just really having fun with it. Yeah. And, you know, I just, I like a lot of films and this was, I guess, kind of my inspiration. Like I like films that are a little bit mind-bendy and have strange camera angles and, and, you know, that kind of abstract kind of feel to them. And so I – and I've wanted to make my own little film like that for so long. And so when I was filming it, that was the idea in my head was that this isn't going to be edited in a normal Mm. way Mm. and it's not going to be a normal film. And so, you know, and like I purposely shot it all at a high frame rate knowing that there was lots of it I wouldn't slow down. Mm-hmm. And I used, I purposely used a um, a high shutter speed as well because uh, I didn't want. Emphasize that action. Yeah. yeah. I didn't want the, the that smooth. Yeah. Like so I wanted there to be a bit of mm-hmm. jerkiness yeah. to the movements. Um and so there was those things in my head, but in terms of the actual edit, I wasn't, I still wasn't exactly sure how I'd put it together, but it was one of those things where I didn't actually plan on making the film that day when I filmed the footage, I was going to like leave it for during the week and yeah. just have it filmed. And then I sat down and cause I'd taken a few photos while I did it. So I wanted to edit those, the photos at least. And I went to my favorite projects play- playlist to songs, just to pick one. And that song that I used came on while I was editing the photos and I was like, this is my opportunity. I've wanted to use this piece of music for so long. It's something I, I would never use in a client film. This is this is the piece of music. Yeah. And I literally then sat down and, like, made the film in, like, an hour. Yeah. Like I laid it out in an hour. I had oh, this idea. When you know, you know. Yeah, yeah, and it just yeah. flows. Yeah. Um. And so, you know, I just kind of whacked it all in there. And then I spent a lot more time playing around with colours because then I was – because my other idea when I was filming it was that I wanted to, like, fiddle around and explore the Premiere Pro Mm -hmm. presets, like the video effects and things and play with them. And I've I've used some of them, flipping things, glitches, you know, colour shifts that I put in there just to really amplify that feeling. And the fun thing is, though, that there are a few things that I've done now that I'm like, you know what, I could probably incorporate that into a client film. Yes. And so that's why it was really good that, you know, I had a um, I'd set up a like a portfolio session because I really wanted to explore this idea of, well, how could I 
mm. put it in with a client without actually doing it for a client that's paid me money. Yeah. In case it didn't work. Yeah. <laughs> yes. Uh, well, I loved it and I thought it was amazing. And I mean, so many other people thought it was amazing, got such amazing feedback. So we will make sure to have that in the show notes for you guys to watch because it's just freaking brilliant Mm. um and make sure that you also keep an eye out for the blog post that we'll be sharing soon has that been published yet Mm -hmm. for so the color the color um theme six film challenge theme films our staff picks and all of our featured films have been um shared on our blog now so make sure you go and so many good ones it was such a good theme everyone Mm. really and i loved how different people interpreted it yeah you know some people have gone really literal with Mm -hmm. rainbows or like Mm -hmm. picking a particular color other people have taken this idea and you know there's one really beautiful one that i loved which was um a daughter and a mother and a grandmother um picking blueberries oh yeah i thought that was like oh i love like it made me cry that yeah yes so good. We had so many good submissions and, um, yeah, it's just amazing. I think this is one of the things that, well, this has been my favorite theme for, even though I didn't participate in this theme, but <laughs> it's been my favorite to watch, um, and see all the films from just because, yeah, I just think it's, it's great to do something a little bit different. And mm. I think a lot of times we all take for granted color and we don't really think about how it um, can play a role in our work and it really does. And um, I think particularly right now, it's nice to have this little injection of color into yeah. our films. So um, that's it. Well, I think that's probably it for our perfectionism and comparison talk today. Mm. Um, I hope that you guys have enjoyed listening to this episode we um we've really enjoyed talking about this one. We could probably go on all day. We could. About we could this. talk hours and hours, hours about and this. Hours and hours about this one. <laughs> we have done it on many occasions. <laughs> um so I hope that you've enjoyed listening. Um if you're not a member of the Filming Life Academy, we would really love to have you join us. It is a place where we we gather, we learn, we talk filmmaking, we talk about so many different things and um We have a lot of people who join us who have already had experience making films, um, who join us, who see so much growth in their work. And we have people who have joined us who've never switched over to video before, and they have um, been able to make a film Mm -hmm. really quickly, and they're already making incredible films. Like we've seen, I've actually seen lots of films come through on the network lately, and people are like, this is my first film. And I'm like, no, it's not. It's incredible. It's so good. It's really good. Um, And something else that's really good is that uh, the Art of Filming Families, my brand new course, completely updated for 2020, has just launched and it is part of the Academy membership. So if you join us, you get access to that right away, along with all the other courses. Mm -hmm. Um, There were two other ones that I recently released uh, this year as well. So um, lots of new content. If you are someone who's an alumni, you might want to think about rejoining. The art of filming families is like I've been, as Courtney's been getting it ready, I've been kind of going through and like proofreading things and I'm just like, 
oh, this is so good. Yeah. <laughs> I've been doing this for a while now, but it's just, you know, you it's like you've distilled everything about how you work with a, a family and a client into this, like, incredible resource. And I'm I just tried. like, yeah, I was like, oh, my gosh, you can't wait to watch that video that she's like, yeah. I've got to watch that video. And I'm like, <laughs> this is so weird because, you know. <laughs> You know what you're doing. But it's always good to watch, you know, the way other people work. Oh, 100%. You can always learn something new. Always. Like, you know, you can have been in business for 10 years and then you can hear that somebody does something in one way and you go, wow, that's Mm. like, Mm -hmm. I never thought of that. Yeah. That's really smart because Mm. you can't know everything. So, no. Yeah. So even for alumni, like that art of filming families is, yeah. 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 Worth the price of admission. (laughs) I agree. I agree. (laughs) All right. Well, thanks guys for listening. We'll see you in the next episode.